through Jesus for the first time, you know, it's, uh, it's sometimes it's amazing to me how God could love us so much. Because yeah. when we think about what we used to be and things that we've done before, and then you realize, man, God loves me. He loves me. And that one day I'm going to get to see him and, and you know, we tell him down here we love him, but I'm going to get to see him face to face and just tell him how much I love him and how much I appreciate him. You know, this morning I want to talk to you about something to me that's the second most important thing for believers. You know, the first thing to me is, is and this is just my opinion, is that we're called to win souls. That's the first thing. But the second thing is that we're called to eventually be just like God. That our, our goal should be, Lord, I just want to be like you. You know, I want to be like you. And so in order to achieve that, I'm going to share with you some things that I, I, the Lord put in my heart on how to achieve that. And that is to give yourself away that we have to learn how to give ourselves away. In Psalms 86.4 in the New Living, it says, Lord, give me happiness, O Lord, for I give myself to you. I give myself to you. And when I give myself to the Lord, that there is everything I need is found in him. Whether it's peace, whether it's joy, whether it's rest, Whatever I need, when I give myself to God, that I'll find it in Him. Then, I, uh, what I want to share this morning is too: How do we become more like God? How do we become like our Heavenly Father? And so, let's pray. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you, Lord, that you're a good God and you're faithful to us. And Father, as as a father. That it is your desire to see your children to grow and mature in you, to grow up, to not stay babies, but Lord God, to just be able to function in all that you've called us to do. We thank you, Lord, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And Father, as we depend on you and not on ourselves, that we can become more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. How do we become like God? How do, how do we become like God? The first thing we have to realize is we have to re remember how God created us. In Genesis uh, 1.27, it says, God, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. That word created means that we, it means a re representation of a person or to reflect. That God created us to be a representation of him on the earth. That we are to act like God, talk like God, think like God, be like God as his representative. You know when uh, we send an ambassador overseas, they represent the United States. They reflect what the United States represents. That's the same way we are to be in this earth. 
that we are as believers to reflect what God is and who God is. And, and I want to ask you this morning, if, if you thought about your life, how much are you reflecting God? How much are you representing who God is? Who God is? It says in Ephesians 5, 1, it says, Imitate God for, therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children. That we are to imitate God. That we are, we are his representative. And we are to imitate everything he does. You know, if you see, if you see little kids, when they uh, imitate their dads, or you see little girls imitating their mom, you know, have you ever had somebody tell you, you're just like your mama? You know, that's why I tell Gina, you're just like your mama. Yeah. <laughs> but how, well, why do we say that? Because when we see them, we see their mama. I mean, sometimes, uh, and I never thought I'd reach that age, that I'll say something and I sound just like my mama. And I think, oh, and I'll say it and then stop and think about it and go, oh, that was my mama talking. And, and, but that's how we should be about God. That when we say something or when we do something, people should look at us and think, wow, that was just like God. That's something God would have done. That's something God would have said. You know, Romans 5, 5 says, the love of God has been shed in abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost. You know the love of God is in you. And I, I was thinking about, what does that mean, the love of God? And I thought about how God loves us, unconditionally. That's the same love that's been given in our hearts, that we can love people unconditionally with no strings attached. You know, God doesn't have a, I'll love you if you do. I'll love you if you act. I'll love you if you'll say. God just has a, I love you. That same love is in our heart. That's how we should be toward people. That same kind of love. It is not a thing where we have to say, I'll love you if you love me first. Because Lord knows I didn't love him first. But he loved me. You know, I, I like, I think, I don't know if it's a song or just something I have in my head, a song that he, he loved me even though he saw me in my sin, that he still loved me, that he saw something in me I couldn't see in myself. He saw something, a uh, potential in me that I never dreamed I had. Uh, just a little bit to let you know, I had terrible self-esteem. So to stand up in front of people was out of the question. But God saw in me that when he came in, that would all change. And it's amazing some of the things that, that you know, I, I've prayed for people that in public where I thought, I could never do that. And, you know, or you talk to people about Jesus and you think, I can never do that. But it's amazing how God comes in your heart and brings the love of God. Not just his spirit. He brings the love of God where your whole personality 
will be enhanced, not, not so much changed, enhanced. That what was in you already, he brings out. And he brings it out for his good. And it, it, it becomes something where you realize, wow, that was not me. That was God. Because that was totally outside of what anything I would have ever done. You know, in, in our 2 Corinthians 5, 15, it says, He died for everyone so that those who believe, who receive his new life, will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. But the point is, will no longer live for themselves. I have three questions. Well, I have more than three, really, that I want to ask you this morning that only you can answer. And the, uh, I want you to answer these honestly. You know, sometimes we want to say we're someplace where we're not. And just be honest. I mean, I've been there. You know, you think you say you're here in Christ when you're not there. But you want to be there, so you say it. But it's like, you know, let's be honest with God. Uh, sometimes I was reading this thing and it says we treat God like he didn't know about our sin until we confessed it. <laughs> and it's like, no, he knew. He was in there. I was, I was telling Maurice I, when I was sharing this with him, I said, I think we forget that he was right there looking at you. <laughs> you know, but we act like, oh, he didn't, he didn't see that until I came and told him about it. But no, God is aware of everything we do and everything we say. And so I want to ask you this morning, what are your priorities? What is your priority in life? If you would make a list of the top ten things that are important to you in your life, what would the top three be? What would the top three be? My first question is, what do you give yourself to? Matthew 6.21 says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. Who is your treasure? What are you treasuring? You know, there's nothing wrong with having things, but it is wrong when things have you. Where's your treasure? You have, you have believers, and I, I'm going to talk about believers. I'm not going to talk about unsaved people because, you know, I, I like to say people talk about sinners, but sinners do what sinners do. Sinners sin. That's why they call sinners. <laughs> you know? But believers, we're supposed to be believers. What are you giving yourself to? Where's your treasure? Where's your heart? You know, I want to read this passage about, it's in Luke 18, and it talks about where our heart is, what we've given ourselves to. You know, sometimes we give our, our people give their heart to their car. I mean, you see some of these guys, they have fantastic cars. I was behind this guy the other day. He, uh, I guess because of the game, he had one of those old, I guess, vintage cars, an Impala. It was bright orange, 
But whatever kind of paint he had on that car, that car was pretty. <laughs> and it had those great big, big tires on it, and he was driving and music, and he was playing music for the city of Gainesville. And, and uh, it was, but the car was beautiful. And I looked at that car, and I thought, he could put a lot of money in that car. That's a lot of money driving down the street. And, and it was shining. So that meant he had put a lot of time in that car. We have people, though, who all they think about is, I'm going to just talk about ladies. Man, I got to have my nails done. And, yeah, and hair, you know. I got to get my nails done. And if we don't have this certain look when we leave house, you know, we have high maintenance. That, that, that's where our treasure is. You know, it's nice when you're young and you look a certain way, but time passes and age catches everybody. You know, where's your treasure? Where is the treasure of your heart? Is it in your house? Is it in your car? Is it in your husband? Is it in your children? Where is your heart? Where is your treasure? And the, on Luke 18, I want to read 18 through 29. It says, once a religious leader asked Jesus this question. Good teacher, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus asked him. Only God is truly good. But to answer your question, you know the commandments. You must not commit adultery. You must not murder. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother. The man replied, I have obeyed all these commandments since I was young. When Jesus heard his answer, he said, There is still one thing you haven't done. Sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the man heard this, he became very sad, for he was very rich. When Jesus saw this, he said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. In fact, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this said, Then who in the world can be saved? He replied, What is impossible for God? people is possible with God. Peter said, we've left our homes to follow you. Yes, Jesus replied, and I assure you that everyone who has given up house or wife or brothers or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will be repaid many times over in this life and will have eternal life in the world to come. I read this because the rich young ruler left too fast. If he'd have stayed around, he'd have found out when Jesus told him to sell his possessions and give to the poor, that he had a better plan, he had a God plan, that said that in this life, you will receive many times over 
what you gave away. If he had just hung around long enough, he would have found out Jesus had a good plan for him. He had a God kingdom plan, but the man was so caught up on what he had already that he wasn't willing to give up what he had for the kingdom because he was holding on to what he already possessed. What does God ask you to give up? Because when he asks you to give something away, it's because he has a better plan that he wants to get to you if you'll obey him and not that not be your treasure. If that not be your treasure. He always, God always has a better plan. Let me ask you this. How much time do you give to God? You cannot become like somebody you don't know. You have to spend time with them. You know, when you, for, for those of us who are married, or have ever been married, uh, you know what I mean when I say you don't know somebody till you live with them. <laughs> you might think you know them really well, and then you move in together, and it's like, I didn't know you thought like that. I didn't know you did that. I didn't know you talk like that. It's amazing when you live with somebody, you find out stuff that is so hilarious. I, I can remember when me and, I'm going to just tell you all when me and Pastor Maurice got married. Uh, we didn't really know each other that well. And so uh, Pastor Maurice always presented himself as being really neat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to talk about him since he ain't here. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but he always seemed like he was so neat. And so we got married. And uh, I found out different. Pastor Maurice didn't put nothing in the clothes hamper. And I, I don't know, maybe for some people that ain't a big deal, but for me it's a big deal. And, <laughs> and so he would pull his clothes off at night. And they would just be a trail. And, and I would have to go behind him and pick it up. And stuff would be under the bed. And I'd have to get on my knees and get under the bed to get the stuff from under the bed. And I, I can remember, I used to tell him all the time, I didn't know you did stuff like this. I always put my clothes in a hamper. You walk right past the hamper and drop your stuff on the floor. And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I said, but you know, Sorry, it's nice, but put your stuff in the hamper. And so, but he, he would always drop his stuff on the floor. And so one time I told him, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm only going to wash what's in the hamper. And he was in the military at that time, so he needed uniforms. So I would always tell him that, but I never did it. So this one time I told him, I said, okay, I'm washing tomorrow. Whatever is not in the hamper, I'm not going to wash. And I got it the next morning. You know, you have this great expectation that everything was going to be in the hamper. It wasn't. It was all over the floor, just like always. I washed. I didn't wash none of his stuff. I washed me and Gina's stuff. The next morning he got up. He didn't have no clean uniform. He didn't have no clean underwear. And he said, I thought you washed yesterday. I said, I did. I washed what was in the hamper. He goes, 
I'm going to prank her. I said, well, I'm sorry about that. But uh, you should have put your clothes in the hamper. And so he, he now I ain't going to say what he said. But <laughs> but uh, I said, he said, uh, you really mean that? I said, yeah, I can't. I gave you a whole bunch of warnings, and so do you know to this day, Pastor Maurice puts his clothes in the <laughs> in the hamper, you know. But it just shows you you don't know people till you live with them. You don't know God if you don't spend time with Him. You can know about God, but not know God. And as believers, sometimes that's what we are. We know about God. Because we hear, you know, there's so much on TV and there's so much you hear people talking. And you can know all about what people say about God. But do you know God personally? Can you say who God is to you? Can you say who God is? Do you know God's voice? You know, uh, usually people you spend a lot of time with, you know their voice. When they call you on the phone, they don't have to say, this is your daughter or this is your husband. You answer the phone, they start talking because they know that you know who they are and they know who you are. Can you recognize God's voice when he talks to you? Do you know when God is talking to you? Or do you sit back and say, well, I wonder if that's me. I wonder if that's the devil. I wonder who that is. You should be able we should be able, I should be able to recognize the voice of God when he's talking to us. In, in Psalms 27, 8, it says, My heart has heard you say, come and talk with me. And my heart responds, Lord, I'm coming. That when God calls us, our heart should be, Lord, I'm coming. I'm coming because I know who this is that's talking to me. I know that my father wants to spend time with me. I know that my father has something he wants to tell me. And whatever he wants to tell me, I want to hear it. And not only do I want to hear it, but I want to do it. I want to be obedient to his voice. Because are we willing to give ourselves to others? Are we willing to take the time to give ourselves to others. In Romans 12, 9 says, in the New Living, it says, don't just pretend to love others, really love them. You know, it's, it's easy. Uh, I don't know if this is just a trend or what it is, but any more people just flippantly, oh, I love you. I love you. I love ice cream. I love cake. I love cookies. I love candy. Oh, I love you too. I, oh, yeah, and I love my dog. I love my cat. I love you too. Oh, I love you. We've, we've taken that word and made it become such a light word. A light word where it's not really a, I love you. Have we thought about what that means? I love you means I'm committed to you. When I say I love you, it's it's like you can count on me. That's a you count on me word when I love you. It's not a just uh, 
I'll see you tomorrow if I ain't got nothing else happening. I love you. It's, it's, it's become something the body of Christ needs to get back to with brothers and sisters in Christ. That when you see people, and I'm just going to speak for us, Faith Christian Family Church, when you see people that are missing, do you love them enough to pick up the phone and call them and see if they're all right or if there's something going on in their life. Do you love them enough? And you might say, well, I don't have the phone call. I don't have their phone number. You have a church that has a directory where if you really are concerned, you would call and say, can I get so-and-so's number so I can check on them? Do you love them enough to send them a card to say, hey, we've missed seeing you the last few Sundays. Are you okay? Is there something I need that I can do to help you? If you need an address, once again, we have a directory. If you cared enough, if it's really love, to call and say, hey, can I get, uh, since I'm looking at her, can I get Janet's uh, address? I haven't seen her in a couple weeks. If you love enough, you're praying for your brothers and sisters in the church. Because then God will put on your heart what's maybe not tell their business, but like, you need to check with them. You need to call them. You need to send them a card. You need to make sure they're okay. That's I love you from Christ, not pretending. Pretending is pat on the back and see you next Sunday. No, that's not love. That's I like you. I like I like you. I like you. It's nice to see you. I like you. You got a nice face. Love love when I love you. When I love you, I'm concerned about you. And I want to be a blessing to you. You know, have people become an inconvenience to you? Have, has people become an inconvenience to me? Philippians 2, 4 says, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others also. Don't be so concerned about what's going on in your life that you don't have time to take care of what's going on in somebody else's life. You know what? Uh, 1 John 3, 16 says, we know what real love is, because Jesus gave up his life for us, so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. That we need to take time from one another. If we would take time from one another, there would not be a place to sit in this room. If we were really concerned about our brothers and sisters in Christ, this auditorium would be full. Because there are people who come here that are not here today. There are people who come here that we have not seen in a long time. How many of them do we take time to check with and make sure they're okay? It's not me and Pastor Maurice's job to do everything. You know, I have never seen a shepherd have sheep. Sheep have sheep. 
It's the sheep's responsibility to help the other sheep. It's our responsibility to feed you the word of God and care for you wholly. But it's also your responsibility to love, to love your brothers and sisters. It's called give your life away. Give yourself away. Are you willing to give yourself away? In 1 John 4, 20-21, it says, If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person is a liar. For we don't love people we can see. How can we love God whom we cannot see? He has given us this command. Those who love God must also love their Christian brothers and sisters. How can we say we love God if we can't love our brothers and sisters in Christ? Uh, there should never be, never be schisms in the body of Christ. Division. If we can't, if we love God, in fact, if the scriptures plainly states it. If we say we love God but hate a brother, brother or sister, the Bible calls you a liar. I mean, you kind of like, wow. But that's simply what the Bible says. You're a liar. What would happen if we gave ourselves away? Look at the life of Paul. He was just a man who gave himself away. Look what happened when Paul did give his life away. Paul wrote over half the New Testament. God used him. Are you guys, are you guys interested in God using you? I am. I want God to do whatever he wants to do in me, and I want him to use me however he chooses. You know, not have some preconceived idea. Well, Lord, if you don't use me like this, then I'm really not interested. Because, you know, everybody's not going to be up front in front of people. That's just a fact. Everybody's not called to the five-fold ministry. But everybody, every believer is called. Every believer is called. What are you going to do with your call? You know, sometimes we get confused and think that... Uh, if I usher, I must not be called. If I greet, I must not be called. That is a call. It is called the ministry of health. The church cannot function without the ministry of health. If you had came in here this morning and I had to run back there, greet everybody coming in, run back up here, take the offering, pray over the offering, then run out there, pass the buckets, then run back, pick up the buckets, then run back up here and get ready to minister, I'd be worn out. <laughs> you know, I'm old. <laughs> I would be worn out. The church needs the ministry of health. And I think what you're missing is the word ministry. It doesn't just say help. It says ministry of health. We need the ministry of health functioning in the body of Christ, are you willing to give yourself away? Galatians 2.20 says, My old self has been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, 
but Christ lives in me. So I live in this earthly body by trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. To be like God, are we willing to give ourselves away? Are we willing to lay down our life and let God live through us? It's not a loss. I think that's what the main thing. It's not a loss to lay down your life and let God live through you. It's a big game. I I cannot imagine. I grew up I grew up uh, really poor. Uh, we had nothing. There was five kids, my mom and dad, and uh, I grew up poor. <laughs> I can tell y'all some stories <laughs> about. I tell Gina sometimes that uh, we had nothing. I grew up in a house that had no running water, no bathroom, no nothing. We were poor. But, but God. But God. So for me, it's like, Lord, I am so grateful for what you've done in my life. Because he has done things that I never even thought about dreaming about because it was beyond anything that my family had done. But God. So for me, it's like, Lord, I gladly give my life away because it's a game. Because I see where you brought me from. I see the, 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 the person who was totally lost, wasn't raised Christian, hanging in the street in the club before I was old enough to be in the club, doing stuff I had no business doing way beyond my years. But God, but God, it's easy for me to, to say I give my life away. Because God has done so much in me that it totally amazes me. That even sometimes my family are like, you're just scared away. And it's like, yeah, I sure am. I sure am. You, you only, you know, it's like when you tell people, you only know half of what I did. <laughs> you don't know the stuff I did in secret. Yeah, that it's easy for me to give my life away. Because I had a God who, even though he knew all the dirt about me, still loved me. Still thought there's something there. There's something there that I can use. There's something there. And when I get her on the right track, that she's going to go the right direction. You know, I, I lived for almost 30 years before somebody even told me about Jesus. And you think in the United States, everybody knows about Jesus. That ain't true. That ain't true. Nobody had told me about Jesus. I heard about religion, but I didn't hear about Jesus. 
I heard about going to church, but I knew, I knew a lot of folks that I was hanging in the club with on Saturday night that went to church on Sunday morning. <laughs> that wasn't worth nothing to me to say, go to church. Why go to church? They saved, I must be saved too. They're hanging in here doing the same thing I'm doing. But God, but God had a different plan. And his plan was, if you'll give your life to me, I can make something better out of it. So for me to give my life away is easy. So what would happen in our lives if we all made that decision? I give myself away. What would happen in our church or in our community if we would make that decision? I give myself away. What would happen to this generation? We have a generation of, of like Natalie and, and Nia and Niles that has seen so much garbage in the church that it almost makes them wonder what's for real and what ain't. Who's real and who ain't? Who's, who's living for God and who ain't? We have so many leaders, pastors, that fall. And, and, and what I want to express to you is when you fall, you don't fall by yourself. You take people with you. And how many from this generation have seen things happen in the body of Christ because people haven't given themselves away? This morning I ask you, are you ready to give yourself away? Are you ready to say, Lord, I have had it with playing church. I have had it with acting like I'm one thing on Sunday, but I'm hell Monday through Saturday. Have we come to that place where we realize, you know what, Lord? I need you. I need you. I am tired of living like I'm living. I need you. I am ready to give myself away. We're going to listen to this song, and you can either stand, come to the altar, or whatever you want to do, and sing this song. Just let it minister to you.